Disrupting Japan, Episode 39. Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. Until today's interview, I never really understood the widespread fascination with anthropomorphic robots in Japan. Human like robots proliferate in both Japanese games and movies, and in a surprising number of Japanese robotics startups. Fortunately, our guest today, Shunsuke Aoki of Yukai Engineering, explains it all in a way that makes sense. Shunsuke and his team were behind such products as the Nekomimi, which are a pair of thought controlled robot cat ears. And the Idol robot, and Boka, their new family robot. We talk about their product development and their marketing strategies, as well as how the robotics market and the robot market are changing. We also talk about the reason that anthropomorphic robots might very well have a critical role to play in the coming Internet of Things revolution. But I don't want to give too much away, so let's get right to the interview. Ready to get started? <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I'm sitting here with Shun Aoki of Yukai Engineering. Let's see, you founded in 2007 to make cool consumer robots and gadgets. Is that a fair description? My company focuses on communication robots.、Uh, we make something fun. Okay.、Uh, we don't make something that's Useful. So it's, it's more entertainment robots, not industrial、yeah. robots. Yeah. <laughs> Since you founded this company in, in 2007, you've had a string of really interesting creative products. And wow, thank you. I, I can't list them all here because we'd never finish the podcast.、Uh, you had a really big hit with Nekomimi. Yeah. Which、right. uh, a lot of our listeners might know or they might not. It was a. Set of robotic cat ears that responded to brainwave. Yes,、uh, brainwave, and、uh, it can tell your state of your mind,、uh, concentration, and、uh, relax. So the ears would go up and down depending、yeah. on your state? Yes, yes. That was quite a big hit when you first introduced it two years ago? It was introduced in 2012. Is it still selling well? Yes,、okay. it's still selling well. We're, we're talking about social robots. Your latest creation, Boko,、mm-hmm. family robot, which is sitting in front of us here, but it's an audio podcast. I, I think this really represents what you were saying as a communication robot. So,、yeah. can you explain a、yeah. bit what it does? Boko helps you communicate with your families by exchanging voice messages between smartphone. And the Boko.、Um, since it is an audio podcast, Boko is a small 20 centimeter high、mm-hmm. robot that sits on the table. Right, right. Boko stays at home. For example, like during the day, parents walk outside home、mm-hmm. and、uh, they can still leave m e s s a g e to their kids at home by using a smartphone app. Parents can send Voice message to this robot or text message to this robot, and the robot will speak out the message. What is the appeal of that 
instead of just uh, parents sending children text messages or, or voicemail to their phones. Leaving smartphone to, to kids is, makes a lot of trouble. So it's like, not a good idea to give little yeah. kids smartphones. That's true. Yeah, That's yeah. true. Give them a smartphone and leave it to them. Uh, they will all day watch animation, <laughs> game, doing games. So the idea is that when maybe when the kids come home, mm -hmm. the vocal robot would greet them with a parent's message. Yeah. It, it has sensors, so it knows when people come in or something like that, right? Right. Boko is shipped with accelerometer, which can be attached to any object, like front door. Ah, okay. And the sensor will send you a notification on your phone. Someone would come in and open the door. Mm -hmm. The message would be sent to the parent's mobile phone. Yeah. Uh, the vocal robot would greet the kids coming home mm -hmm. with whatever message the parents left for them. Yeah, yeah. So I've been in Japan a long time. And Japan has had a fascination with robots. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> There is a lot of things like Boko, which are robots that are sort of in human form. Mm -hmm. So uh, Boko, uh, Pepper, Azimo. Azimo. The, the Aibo you have over there. I mean, that's a dog, yeah. technically, but... <laughs> <laughs> what is the special attraction of robots having this, this human form? Oh. Why is that so appealing? When people talk about robots, they talk about the, how they look. Technically, like the vending machines or the auto ticket machine. The, the ticketing machines? At the stations. Yeah, those are all robots, yeah. technically. Yeah, yeah. But they don't look like people. We're surrounded by robots. Mm. We use them every day. Yeah, yeah. But we don't want them to have human form. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm happy to have a TiVo record my TV shows. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to come home and find TiVo sitting on my sofa drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true, true, so, <laughs> and like washing machine. Yeah, exactly. Talks about uh, how how the how the, your pants smell. <laughs> right, right. We don't we don't need that. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> so, <laughs> We expect them to... Just do their do job, the job and be silently. quiet about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I understand those robots, but I'm trying to understand this really special appeal mm -hmm. of these, these human form robots, mm. which mm. have limited function. Mm -hmm. It's not like a washing machine or a TiVo, mm. but they seem to have a huge social appeal, mm. especially in Japan. Mm. What do you think that appeal is? I think it's not special to Japan. In uh, Greek, Greek myth, there's a human-created giant robot golem. Yeah, that's basically a robot. And also in the medieval Europe, many automatas, like chessing automatas. Right, the mechanical Turk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was kind of a fake robot. Yeah. It actually had a person underneath moving it. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the... <laughs> but everyone thought it was a robot. I don't know if it's unique to Japan, but let's say it's a stronger feeling in Japan than oh. the U.S. Mm -hmm. to tend mm -hmm. to treat robots uh, socially, mm. emotionally. Mm. For example, the government of Japan mm -hmm. is sponsoring research on mm -hmm. 
robots designed to take care of the elderly mm. and for robots to help with child raising. Mm. So these are very social yeah. human interactions mm -hmm. with robots. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people will welcome this interaction with robots the same way they do with people? Yeah, I think so. I can only tell about Japanese people. I can tell you that the people here will welcome the robot's assistance uh, for elderly care or child care. Because, for example, we treat pets like care about our pets. That's true. And people do treat pets like people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better than Nearly people. people. <laughs> Other thing is that uh, in Japanese culture, there are a lot of things that is supposed to be treated as humans. What, what kind of things? Uh, some, some shrine related. The idea of kami? Mm. That, mm. Um, so in, in Japanese traditional Shinto religion, mm -hmm. kamis, which is translated as god, but it's not really a god, it's more like a spirit. Everything has a spirit and an essence. Mm -hmm. And you think that, that, that makes it more natural to assume that robots and pets and everything has of course, has a spirit and an essence. I think that's why people love robots. You just came back from the, the absolutely crazy consumer electronics show. Mm. How was the reaction uh, internationally? Mm -hmm. did, mm. did you see that mm -hmm. people outside of Japan are mm -hmm. treating Boko in the same way that Japanese people treat robots? Or was there a, a difference you noticed? There's a difference. In the CES, very different uh, reactions from them. One US distributor really loves the idea, but the distributor wants the design, like more toys, and they, they think the Boko has no need to be design of robots. Ah, so they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't want it to be in a human form robot. Yeah, they that's want it right. to be a, a, a little box or something? Yes, yeah, little box with typical pink or yellow toy color. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> but you know, the more, I'm, the more I'm staring at this guy, the more I can kind of understand that a message coming from this little human-ish looking robot mm -hmm. would have a different impact than a voice recording from a phone. It's its uh, avatar. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I believe every home will have an uh, avatar in the next five or ten years. Well, listen, let's talk about your product development mm -hmm. process. Because mm -hmm. you've had a whole series of very interesting and very different oh. kind of products over <laughs> the years. So how do you generate ideas? Mm -hmm. How do you decide which ideas to build and fund? What's your process? We start from uh, personal experiences uh, for Boko. I started this project because I want that kind of product to keep in touch with my kids, my own kids. So you, you start with something you would use yourself? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's much easier to solve a problem you, you have and you understand. Yeah. yeah. When you come up with an idea, how do you validate it? How do you make sure that it's not some crazy idea that no one else besides you and the team are going to be interested in? We estimate the design and cost. Right. In many cases, the cost 
doesn't make sense. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, yeah. that's a good first check. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so once you've figured that the price point is mm -hmm. appropriate, mm -hmm. how do you check that people actually want to buy it? We always create videos and post it to YouTube. We can tell by uh, number of views how many people will love the idea. Ah, okay. Yeah. Now, do you work with other studios and companies as well to produce these products? Or do you do everything in-house? In most cases, design and uh, circuit board design, mechanical design and the software design. For the design part, we do everything in-house. For the manufacturing part, we outsource. And do you do your own distribution and sales? It depends on the products. As for Boko, we are partnering with DMM.com-mate. Ah, okay. They open a new online store dedicated to the consumer robotics. Well, DMM has been doing amazing things in the maker space. Yes. DMM make facility is unbelievable. I don't think there's anything yeah. like it in Japan. Now, you're raising funds for the first time ever, right? Yes. So yes. why why so the change? You've been running for so many years as a bootstrap. Because this is time we need to accelerate our growth. This type of communication robot mm -hmm. can become an important part of the people's life. The new funds will be focused on building more social robotics. Yes, that's right. Are, are you looking to have a, a bigger line of products? Are you looking to spend the money on improved marketing or production? We will put money on the development of uh, software side. There's a emerging market of IoT products. Only some of them are really penetrated into the home market. Right now, there is a tremendous amount of creativity yeah. in IoT space. Mm -hmm. So it's it, the, the main purpose of the funding is just to increase your, your product line, to make your software stronger for, for the robotic yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. These kind of communication robots will be used as an avatar for IoT products. So in a sense, you're, you're mm -hmm. seeing these, these robots as almost a, a UI. Yes, yes. To back-end systems that are running on mobile phones yeah, or Internet yeah, of Things. exactly, exactly. Interesting. If you are in a very smart house, there is some, uh, you know, the HAL computer, 2001. HAL? Oh, of course, yeah. everyone knows Space HAL. Or, <laughs> Odyssey. If you imagine that HAL type of AI is installed in your living room and control everything. Yes, that's is, not an appealing... Is it uh, comfortable for you? I don't believe so. I believe that more charming avatar to talk to. Huh. So a more friendly, to. a more yeah. avatar, more user-friendly UI for whatever yeah. systems in the background. Mm -hmm. But that will be a big shift because mm -hmm. up until now, mm -hmm. You know, we were saying before, robots are everywhere, mm. but yeah, they don't yeah. look like people. They still look like machines. Yes, yeah. So you think the, the mm -hmm. Internet of Things mm -hmm. is going to be what changes the desire to interact with knobs and buttons mm -hmm. and want to interact with something that looks more human-like or lifelike? Yeah, 
in some IoT applications, we control them through smartphones.、Mm. I believe that using smartphone at home is not a good idea. Spending time with your family, then everyone carries their own smartphone and watching their screens isn't a good idea. Okay, so it, a, it could be a group activity where the robot is kind、yeah. of participating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before you started raising funds, you,、um, you ran a few Kickstarter campaigns, right? For, right. Why did you choose Kickstarter instead、mm-hmm. of、uh, Makuake or Campfire、oh. or one of the Japanese? Because at that time, we already started gathering pre orders in Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was purely marketing. Yeah. Okay. So it's for overseas market. So actually, tell me a bit about Yukai Engineering's customers because you've come up with a line of very interesting and different products, but Yukai is not a brand.、Mm. It's, so when you're introducing a new product like Boko here,、mm-hmm. are you selling it to your existing customer base? Are you going out and having to create? A new brand with every product? Because we are a startup, we are in the process of building our own brand. So that's something you're working on? Because we have smartphones for more 20 or 30 years. I think the design of smartphone is completed already <laughs> and、uh, it will last for 20 or 30 years. You, you might be right there. It's, it's very new, but Once something, whether it's the windowing UI of a desktop computer,、mm-hmm. or once a UI gets fixed, it、yeah. doesn't tend to change much, does it? Yeah.、Huh. I have a notebook computer from the 1991. Yeah, you can. Well, I you saw your computers back then. I, I had one of those original Macintoshes. <laughs> <laughs> I、yeah. did. It was、yeah. in my dorm room. And I have a power book there. Oh, yeah. And it's, it is like 1991. I remember it as well. It's basically the same as a notebook computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now. <laughs> so the UI doesn't change if it's fixed. So you think this human form、mm-hmm. avatar, human form robots, is the next step in the UIs? Yes. All right. Yes. That's our biggest challenge to define the UI. It's not fixed. No, it's, it's a wide open、yeah. question, isn't it? Yeah. You've been doing robotics a long time. When did you first get interested? When I was a, a junior high student. Okay. Well, I guess <laughs> almost all junior high school boys are interested in robots. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I was.、Uh, I watched、uh, Terminator 2. Terminator 2? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's the best model for a social robot. <laughs> no, but I, I was fascinated by the idea of creating its own artificial mind. I was fascinated about that. And、uh, I want to do the same thing in the future. <laughs> and you just got more and more interested from then on? Yeah, yeah. You, you studied computer science in college? Yeah. Yeah? You went to、uh, Todai, University of Tokyo. Yes. Which is by far the most dominant, considered the best college in Japan. So, after Todai, why start your own company rather than、oh. take an elite career path at Sony or Honda or Mitsubishi,、mm-hmm. who are all doing really cool stuff in robotics?、Uh, actually, I started、uh, my company during I was a college student. 
with my classmates. Oh, okay. It was a time of the dot-com bubble. Ah, okay. Uh, I'm excited to be involved with the uh, emergence of internet. So that was back in 99 or Nine, 2000? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But even after the bubble mm-hmm. burst, you, yeah, you still yeah. stayed at it. Yeah, yeah. Were your friends and family supportive of your decision to mm-hmm. go out on your own? Uh, absolutely. My family were against oh, okay. that decision. <laughs> and, uh, especially my parents, they told me, crying. Oh, no. <laughs> we raised you in the hope of you'll be working for Sony or Hitachi. <laughs> but, but you don't do that. Why is that? <laughs> why, why do you want to go out and make strange little cute robots? <laughs> yeah. Have they come around? Are they more supportive now after you've had some, some successes? Yeah. Yeah, recently my company has some media coverage, so my parents find it and they are very happy about it. <laughs> and now it's uh, they are relieved. Good. It only took 15 years. <laughs> you know, robotics really is changing. So we, we talked before about mm-hmm. how Japan has always been very strong in robotics, both yeah both the consumer-facing robotics and industrial robots. Mm -hmm. But the next phase in robotics Mm -hmm. really looks like it's going to be driven by Mm -hmm. AI and software processes. Yeah. And So this time, it's a question that Japanese companies still have. That's my question. (laughs) (laughs) Because the U.S. has, has always been extremely strong on the software side. Yes. And in the last, um, and they've always been pretty good at robotics as well, but in the last five or ten years, there's been some amazing Mm -hmm. robotics companies coming out of the U.S. Yeah. So do you think Japan will be able to to Mm -hmm. stay on top, to continue to win in this next phase of of robotics? I'm very skeptical about Japanese robot will stay strong, but I believe that we have... uh, we have a long tradition designing robots, designing consumer robots. And uh, we, we also have a culture that welcomes robots. When we uh, talk about computer software industry, business applications, the market is dominated by the U.S. companies. Mm-hmm. But gaming Japanese companies uh, has been very competitive. So you think the the entertainment and social aspect of it will be stronger coming from Japan? Yes. If you want to create drones or autonomous driving technologies, uh, you'd better go to U.S. or China. Mm, mm. When we talk about communication robots, building robots here in Japan still makes sense, I think. All right. Well, let me ask you what I call my magic wand question. Mm If I gave you a magic wand mm-hmm. and I said you could change anything about Japan, mm-hmm. laws, education system, mm-hmm. attitudes, mm-hmm. anything at all, mm-hmm. to make it better for Japanese startups, oh. what would you change? <laughs> magic wand. Magic wand. It's, we have a large defense budget. Mm-hmm. 
and the government uh, invested in this budget to the researches involving startups. So you think that you, you would like to see the government sponsor more startups to do basic research? Mm, yeah. That would be interesting because there, especially if you look at what's going on in some of the universities now, mm. there is a tremendous amount of creative, interesting kind of senior thesis, senior projects that are getting done mm -hmm. and then just stopping mm. after graduation. Mm. Mm. So it would be interesting if the government could provide some funding to allow that research to continue on a small scale. Silicon Valley uh, is originally created by the, basically created by the Ministry of Defense. Yeah, it's something a lot of people don't like to talk about, but yeah, it's um, defense spending. Defense spending. So spending certainly yeah. fueled a lot of Silicon Valley. A lot of America's progress in robotics has been because of DARPA mm. projects. Mm. So it's been direct sponsorship. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you think the Japanese should have similar programs yeah. to develop strategic technologies? Yeah. That would be huge. Yeah. 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 Because we spend too much on the elderly care, health care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it goes to the medical industries and... Yeah, just to the really big companies and the yeah. big hospitals. And yeah. There's no innovation there. No, no, no. There's no enough research. So you, you would use your magic wand to create a Japanese version of DARPA? Yeah, yeah. To fund yeah. strategic, essential research that's open to anybody? Yes. iRobot, the company, created the Roomba. Uh, they lived on the budget from DARPA for 10 years. <laughs> so, so many American robotics yeah. companies do. Yeah. I mean, Until they finally created Roomba. Well, listen, so is there, we need DARPA. We need a Japan's DARPA, Japan version of DARPA. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to talk about? I believe that robotics is, the design is the most important part. I think it's our basic nature that creates something similar to ourselves. I think it's a instinct that humans have. We want to create robots in our own image. Yeah, we want something that is similar to us, that can take care of our surroundings. So, yeah. Boko, not how. Yeah, <laughs> not how. <laughs> okay. Definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Listen, thanks so much for sitting down with me. This has been a great discussion. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. I think Shunsuke's suggestion of having a Japanese version of DARPA would be a huge boost to startups and innovation in Japan. There's plenty of government-sponsored R&D, of course, but it usually involves allocating specific budget amounts to the same conglomerates to research specific technologies. DARPA's open model, where anyone is able to compete to find the best solution to a specific problem, is almost unheard of here. But it really shouldn't be. Now, it's obviously way too early to tell if Shunsuke's vision of social robots acting as a front-end, the user interface, to a diverse collection of Internet of Things-like connected devices will play out. 
Although, after our interview, and as I had time to think more about it, I started to warm to the idea. After all, computer users ridiculed the idea of a Windows-based UI. And come to think of it, many programmers still do. The higher level of abstraction, the simplification, and the friendly user interface won out very quickly. The market's always been willing to trade functionality and flexibility for a polished user interface and a friendly experience. Hmm. I suppose Apple would not exist otherwise. So maybe this time, too. Perhaps most consumers would greatly prefer to deal with a robot avatar rather than dozens of individual IoT interfaces. We might get our robot assistance yet. If you've got an idea about how we'll be using robots in the future, Shunsuke and I would love to hear about it. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show 039 and let us know what you think. And when you drop by, you'll find all the links and sites that Shinsuke and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.